Welcome to another episode of Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success. Just as there are no two recipes that contain the exact same ingredients or measurements, there are no two success stories exactly the same. Recipe for Success features entrepreneurs, visionary leaders, and innovators of all ages who will share the ingredients that make them successful. Here's your host, Lori Salarulo, President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. Welcome to today's recipe for success here at JA World. Uh, we are not in the JA World kitchen this morning. We are not in my kitchen this morning. We are actually in my office this morning. So uh, lots of changes going on around here. Um, but today, uh, I don't know if you've been watching the show, but there have just been some amazing guests and leaders who have come on and shared their ingredients to success. It has been such an inspiration for me. And today, I know will be no different uh, with the guests that we have for you. Um, Dev Matwani, president and CEO of Mary Mac Ventures, has been a staple, an amazing part of this community for so long. Um, proud to be a Leadership Florida uh, alumni with him and, um, and work with him alongside him in the community. So good morning and welcome, Dev. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Laurie. Uh, you're welcome. You know, last night, knowing that you were coming on this morning, I was thinking about, um, so I was on the selection committee for Leadership Florida the year that you applied. <laughs> so I'm sitting next to Greg Hale and he, and we're going through all this. And by the way, that was the year that I think we got the most in from Broward. And he said, we got to get this, this we got to get Devin. And I'm like, Dev who? I, I didn't know of you at that time or I hadn't met you. And he said, Dev Montwini, and I'm like, who is he? What, what did he do? And he goes, just listen to me. We have to get him in. And I'm like, okay, if you say we have to get him in, I, you got my vote. You got my support. <laughs> um, and then I got to know you more after that. So I'm glad that I was there to help. And, uh, and thank goodness Greg was next to me. So Yeah, well, thank you for the support. I appreciate it. It was a great, great program and great organization. So I was lucky yeah. to Chosen. Yeah, too bad we didn't get to have our retreat this year, but um, always lots of great leaders that we, we would get to learn from. So, And a lot of fun. And yeah. lot. So first of all, how are you through all of this? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well, thanks. You know, um, I, uh, you know, the first few months were a little uh, touch and go. We had a lot of hospitality, uh, you know, interests and, and you know, obviously a lot of employees we were trying to take care of. So uh, at the beginning, there was a, it was a little bit more intense. Um, but I've kind of gotten into the, the new rhythm, the, the kind of COVID rhythm, I guess. Uh, and, uh, you know, life is getting back to a little bit back to normal. We're, we're very busy work-wise uh, with good things happening and, you know, and looking forward, um, trying to open uh, more businesses back up and, and, you know, bring people back to work. So it's, uh, it's an interesting time. It's, a, it's in, in ways an uh, exciting time, obviously a tough time. Uh, you know, we're very fortunate um, that, you know, we were able to keep uh, most of our employees and uh, and operate most of our businesses through, although with, you know, obviously modified uh, hours and, and procedures. Um, but, you know, we're, we're very fortunate to, to, you know, to be where we are. And, uh, and now we're just looking to the future. Yeah. You know, um, you're right. I mean, the hospitality industry obviously has is one of the hardest hit industries i think um in this pandemic do you see a light at the end of the tunnel for for the industry dev you know what do you think is going to help bring it back 
Well, look, I mean, the obvious thing is, you know, it's a vaccine uh, that, you know, at some point, um, but I think we all know that there's a, a period, going to be a long period of time, even if, even if we had one today, before it actually went and, and really changed our, our daily life. Um, but I, I, look, I think people are starting to get back uh, comfortable going out. People are comfortable wearing masks. You know, Florida, we're trending in the right direction now. Um, and so, you know, for a while, I think people, even when, when things reopened, just didn't want to go out, whether it was because they didn't want, you know, they, 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 they were nervous about going out or they just didn't feel like going out if they couldn't, you know, kind of be out and about at restaurants and, you know, back to what was normal. And I think now we've just gotten used to the new normal. Um, and so I think we'll trend in the right direction. Hopefully, you know, we'll continue to see a downward decline. Um, but I think as more people, more and more people get comfortable, uh, the, uh, the better and better hospitality will do. Yeah. You know, I, I think you're right. And now you're also in the development business, right? So uh, a lot of real estate development, um, a lot of building uh, that you and your family are doing. That seems to be booming. Thank goodness. Uh, you, you know, it was certainly going uh, going very well going into this. Um, we have seen some slowdown. I mean, development takes a long time. Before you get a shovel in the ground on a project, you're probably two to three years of work uh, in advance of that. So when the general public sees it go up, you know, that's, that's, that, that, that's a mature project uh, from a timeline perspective already. So, so some of these effects won't be seen for another year or two, and I do think it'll slow down. And you know, in some cases, that's probably that's probably okay. We had a lot going on, uh, and so you know, I think that um, we have a lot of inventory that was being developed uh, delivered across different asset types. And so you know, I think that's okay. You know, we're very fortunate. We're in South Florida. People want to be here. They continue to move here. So there continues to be you know consistent demand. Um, and if we don't build more product. That just means pricing is going to go up and it'll make it even harder from a portability standpoint for many people. So we do need to keep some inventory coming. Um, but um, but in general, you know, construction stayed um, uh, essential throughout. Uh, and so, you know, we were fortunate that that the governor and state continued that on with additional regulations. And, and we've been following those. And and, you know, a lot of what we do is in the city of Fort Lauderdale. And, you know, they've been great. You know, they, they put on additional regulations as they should, you know, to, but, but at the same time, they let businesses, you know, where they could continue to operate safely. And so, um, so we've been fortunate in that regard that we're able to continue those, those, uh, those projects along. Um, it took some getting used to like every part of our life. <laughs> uh, it took some getting used to, but, you know, it's a you know, resilient industry and we're a resilient uh, community and, and country. And so, you know, people have adapted. And uh, we're continuing on. So yeah. we are looking at still looking at new projects. Uh, I've got a closing actually happening tomorrow uh, to build a new apartment building, a project we've been working on for a while. Uh, and also I'm looking at, you know, buying some additional uh, properties. You know, we're cautious, um, but we still believe in South Florida and, and particularly Broward and Fort Lauderdale. So we'll continue to be active um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, keep keep building. Yes, absolutely. So you know, I think one of the things that I love about this show is that I get to hear people's stories. Right, you're a, a young guy, 
uh, not too much younger than me, but a little bit. Um, and and you've achieved great success, right? I come from an amazing family. I, I think it's great for people, if you could, just share a couple of pivotal moments, right, for you that got you to where you are. I mean, was it dest predestined? Did you have to go into this business, right, because this is where your family was? Or did you fall in love with it? Like, tell us why you're here. Sure. Uh, well, thank you for uh, for for saying I'm I'm young. I don't feel so young these days. Uh, love hearing that. But um, I, it was anything but pre predestined that I would be back in South Florida working in real estate. Uh, I grew up living in a motel on the beach that my parents bought, and we moved here uh, in the mid '80s. So I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, product of Broward schools. Uh, but I went away to college. I went to North Carolina uh, to go to Duke and uh, undergrad. And I had a lot of friends that were from the New York area. I got introduced to kind of Wall Street finance. Uh, and I actually spent two summers uh, in DC, uh, one working for uh, investment bank and one working in the White House. So I spent all my time, uh, all my summers outside of Florida. And, uh, and I decided I wanted to, I didn't want to go back to Florida. And the, the experience I had growing up was that you know, we lived in the motels that we owned and operated. And so I was surrounded by a parent's business and I didn't know that we had a real estate business. I thought we had a motel business because that's what I saw. And so, um, and, and we had both because we own the land, but we also own the, the, the properties above. But, you know, as the city kicked out spring break uh, after we moved here, right after we moved here, um, the, the existing business became worth less and less, but the land was value was was appreciating. And so anyways, I decided to go to New York. My brother did the same thing. We both went to Wall Street and we said, we're never going back to Florida and uh, we don't want to work in real estate. And, um, you know, when we were younger. My dad had passed away. My mom had taken over the business. She was always active before they were a team, but she kind of had to take over over everything. And um, and so she called one day and said, you know, I'm coming to New York for a business meeting. Uh, I have lunch with Donald Trump. Do you guys want to join? And, uh, and this is, this is pre politics, pre apprentice even. So, so forget whatever your opinion is good or bad. This was back in the day. And, and, uh, and one thing everyone knew about Trump was that he was a, you know, a successful New York real estate uh, uh, operator. And so, so that's when we realized we had more than a, a motel business that we had a real estate business. And so, that's how we ended up back here. That was exciting to learn about development and where you get to actually create something and kind of create value. And, um, and that's how, that's how it happened. I, I ended up going to Columbia uh, university in New York has a real estate program, uh, masters in real estate. So I went there and I say, I kind of learned the institutional textbook real estate world from that. But my real education was just growing up, living it, you know, and, and being in an uh, entrepreneurial family and rolling up our sleeves. And we worked every day in the in the business. Uh, we, you know, probably broke a few child labor labor laws here and there. You know, <laughs> a maid didn't show up. You know, we were related. It was okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you know. I don't know. We didn't seem to be worried about it. We were worried about paying the bills. And so, you know, I think that that entrepreneurial spirit and that roll up your sleeves mentality is probably what's meant. Um, most to my ability to to kind of jump into the business, um, and uh, but you know it it helps certainly to have kind of that New York experience as well. Yeah. 
I would I would have to agree with you being a native New Yorker um, that there's something to be learned uh, to to surviving in New York for sure. Um, and uh, so and and you know you mentioned the internship on Wall Street and you mentioned the internship and working in the White House. You know you must have learned a lot of things at that time. Um, you know about yourself, about those experiences. You know what what was it? The, the one or two things that really stick out to you from from those times that you learned to take that you now you know took with you. Well, you know when I was, when I got the opportunity at the White House and and then I ended up getting a full time job opportunity, so I actually took a semester off of uh, college and and worked on the the campaign uh, presidential campaign that was going on at the time. Um, I think I. I I just kind of realized early on because I was young and I was given a lot of responsibility that um, that, that I just gained a lot of confidence in 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 my ability to do things that kind of seemed out of touch or beyond my um, beyond my age. You know, I was just fortunate that I very fortunate I got lucky that you know, I was able to get in at the right place at the right time. And so so you know to, so then at that point nothing really seemed beyond. Uh, reach in terms of you know like my age and my experience and you know but but at the same time it was it was intense and there was a lot of responsibility so I always always treated it as if I got a responsibility or if I you know uh, I was it was given an opportunity that I had to perform um, there was no failing you know when you're wearing a you know badge and walking into the West Wing every day you can't forget to <laughs> you, know, you can't have a, you can't have an off day and so. Um, so that that gave me that kind of confidence, but also the, to to strive for things that maybe felt beyond reach. Um, and then in New York, I mean, it was really I, I learned that yeah, it, you you can achieve a lot in in any given day because I was working eighteen hour days, working seven days a week. I mean, we hardly had time to Wait, sleep. Wait, have we changed from from New York to now? <laughs> I, I, I know that sounds pretty much like my life now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I fortunately am not having to work seven days a week, 18 hour days. Um, although with the phone, I guess I'm always on and, right. and accessible. But, you know, working those hours um, and, and working that intensely, uh, just, you know, I now it's very hard for me to get flustered with kind of any amount of work because uh, going back to that was just, just super intense and and uh and you know i i cursed it at the time because i i actually didn't sign up for investment banking i signed up to be on a trading floor uh which had, had much more reasonable hours uh so i was kind of thrown to the wolves and um but again you some someone put something in front of you, you you survive it it makes you stronger um you know i did that for a number of years and uh and to this day i mean that work ethic uh, and that ability to to get things done and persevere in spite of lack of sleep and lack of you know personal time and everything, uh, it makes it a lot easier now because I always think no matter how bad it gets, can't get as bad as that. Can't get as bad as that exactly. <laughs> Knock on wood. I'm knocking on wood here. Exactly. You know, you mentioned your mom and dad, and you said that before your dad passed, um, that they were a team and they did it together. Yeah. Talk a little bit about what that taught you, and and today, right? You're still a family team, I think. You know, from the yeah. outside looking in, Absolutely. you know, talk a little bit about that, not just from the family perspective, but you know what it means to have that strong team around you and supporting you. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I think everyone knows that when you're out there having having someone by your side that you can trust is probably the most uh, the most valuable asset you can have. Um, and that, you know, someone you know where, you know, your interests are aligned uh, and you're all working towards a common goal. So, I mean, I witnessed at a young age them working together and it was clear that they had different uh, responsibilities. My dad focused more on the business and finance side. My mom was the one running the day-to-day operations and the employees. Um, but either one of them knew what was going on in the other's world and could jump in. Um, in fact, they, they often had to because we had a business back in St. Louis, which is where we moved from, that we would still operate. And that was busy in the summer when the, when the motels here were slow. Right. So my mom would actually bring us back to St. Louis. We would spend the summer there with our old friends. And we would, and she would operate that business while my dad stayed and operated the Fort Lauderdale business. So, so they were, they were very much a team in that regard where they respected each other and they had their kind of division of responsibilities, but they always knew that they could kind of jump into each other's shoes if need be. Um, just never thought, obviously we didn't know that we were going to lose my dad early and she was going to have to do it permanently. So, um, but, uh, but, you know, having, having a, Having somebody there by your side that you can rely on and trust 100 uh, percent, it gives you uh, a, a very strong sense of, um, uh, of just uh, comfort. Uh, and, and so it allows you, I think, to push harder or maybe push farther um, because you know that's, that you have that back, whether or not you need it. I, I've got my brother who's working on other things down in Miami uh, with some of our other partners. So that's his kind of daily responsibility. But if something were to happen, I know, you know, we talk every day, he knows exactly what's going on in my world. And I know that he can jump in, whether it's for a meeting or a public hearing or anything. Uh, and so that gives me a lot of, a lot of confidence and, you know, yeah. things get really hairy. And I send mom in and, you know, then. Uh, <laughs> and who can say no to mom, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I we save those passion. for. <laughs> she she does thank- have a great amount of passion. Um, and uh, so I, and, and especially for the industry, you know, we, we talk a lot about her and I about um, teaching the, the next generation about, about the industry and about uh, the jobs and careers that go in there. But, um, you know, one of the things I, so, you know, we're all on Facebook and LinkedIn and all that stuff. One of the things that I often do love, I kind of live a little vicariously through you is uh, your love of travel and adventure. <laughs> right. And so where did you get that from? How, where did that, that sense of, you know, wonder and, and adventure come from? You know, um, I mean, I always loved to travel. I was fortunate that, that my parents, uh, you know, did as well. So we, we, we took a lot of, uh, not a lot of family trips, but, but we, um, we were, I was able, I was exposed to visiting family in India. Uh, and usually on those trips, we'd get to stop in London or somewhere else. So, I always had a curiosity, but maybe not a passion. And um, it was my first summer uh, between my uh, freshman and sophomore year of college. I had a buddy. We decided to go backpack around Europe. And, you know, we, we bought Eurail passes and got backpacks and bought tickets and flew over. And that that showed me, A, how easy it was to get around. You know, again, at that time, you know, being 18, 19, it still feels a little uncomfortable kind of going, you know, internationally and you know, worried about losing your passport and you're still a kid, but, and you know, you've got, you got to worry about getting around, but then you realize like how easy it is and, and, and 
and so after that it was just you know it was wide open for me you know any and every trip uh i just jump on a plane it's it's you know it's easy obviously living down here we've got a lot of flights from miami so um so it's easy to get around um and i just yeah i, I love uh exploring new cultures uh you know, i've been fortunate i have a lot of friends around and uh, internationally and so a lot of times when i'm going somewhere i get to go and you know kind of visit a friend and so I get to get get that local feel and that local vibe, um, which is what I enjoy more than um, you know just doing like you know a uh, kind of the the standard tour and right. Uh, right. still do it because you know if it's a standard tour, it usually means you're seeing something cool and interesting. Yeah. Um, but I like to mix it up, you know. I like to go to the local spot. So when I I spent time backpacking in South America, and I had a buddy who. Um, who was uh interning down there for for a couple months so by the time i got there he knew all the you know the kind of the local local joints in rio and so we went and checked that out and those are the memories i have um you know it's not going to the kind of the fancier restaurants or the you know the cooler spots it's it's doing that local local stuff yeah no i agree I th my first trip to europe uh, i took with my dad and my dad loved italy my dad unfortunately died young too and and i can remember we would go to these little hole in the wall restaurants and people would be coming in with the accordion and he'd be singing with them and it was just you just felt like such a part of their culture right like you said versus being in a big hotel in a fancy restaurant and so i think that is the fun of it and so the other thing that i see you post a lot and talk a lot about is food <laughs> are you a foodie um <laughs> I don't know that I can. Uh, I'm going to give myself that full moniker, um, but I do love. I do love good food. Uh, I love trying new things. Um, you know, there's a couple things that I just don't like. You know, sardines uh, or what. Uh, but beyond that, I'm pretty open. Uh, and um, yeah, I just uh, anytime I go somewhere that's really good, uh, I do it half because I want to share, and then half because I want to support whatever venue i'm at yeah i think it's a nice nice way and it's kind of like a more natural way to market and so um so so a little bit of that is just trying to trying to help uh you know the business people out but yeah i absolutely you know during this during this uh the the shutdown at the beginning especially i started cooking a lot more and uh so i just started thinking about what my favorite recipes were at different restaurants and then i just either find them online or find something similar and uh and so, uh, so I started doing that, which is exciting because uh, now I get to have my favorite foods at home. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, you said yourself, you know, you were fortunate, right? You grew up uh, in, a, in an amazing family, in a business, went to New York, had, went to the White House, worked in the White House. I mean, amazing opportunities, right, that a lot of young people, as you said, don't have. It, it's never, and, and, you know, I feel very fortunate myself, but it's never perfect, right? There's always times in our life when things don't go the way we think they might, or or that something happens, and I call it falling, right? Um, or or that we need to, you know, kind of say, okay, well that didn't work out so well. Let me go this way, right? What was, you know, what have you experienced times like that? And if you did, you know, what got you through them? Yeah, absolutely, we have. Um, I, I, you know, uh, going back, I mean, I watched my parents go. Time. from the minute we got to Fort Lauderdale you know we we bought we my parents used their life savings to buy a motel we moved down here we were the American dream and then that dream became the American nightmare as the 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 city kicked out spring break 
And, you know, there were issues in the late 80s with the economy and everything. And so all that business went away almost immediately. And so we were we were going through tough times as a family. And I was young, but I knew what was, you know, watching what was going on. We lived in the motel. Our living room was connected to the front desk. You know, we had to step in and, and, and fill in for employees at times, if, whether they showed up or whether we had the money to pay for the employees. If we didn't, you know, we would step in. So we went through tough times and then. You know, I watched my mom and, you know, I have to struggle with my, when my dad passed away, obviously that was tough emotionally on all of us. Um, and, um, but for her to have to, you know, be strong for us, and, but then also take over the business and all the debts that we had. Um, so, you know, it was challenging. And um, yeah, I would say, you know, through, as I started to get involved in the business, I moved back here, um, you know, in, in 07. So just before the kind of great recession, um, but even prior to that in New York, you know, I mean, I got thrown in with the wolves and I was working super intensely. And, uh, so those were challenging, those challenging times, but the great recession was probably my hardest time or was definitely my hardest time, uh, professionally. And, um, you know, two things got me by it. One, I knew that I, no matter how hard I had it, I, there's no way I had it as hard as, as my mom had it, you know, what she had to go through moving, losing the love of her life, losing her business partner and having to raise two young kids on her own. Um, she, I, I knew that, you know, it would be, uh, you know, I'd just be whining if I, if I complained about it, not to say it wasn't difficult. Um, but, but in some ways, you know, it was, it was obviously very unfortunate that we had to go through that. Um, but we always try to try to, you know, focus on the positive side of things. And so I knew that, you know, I could survive it. And, um, and so, you know, that would probably be my biggest challenge. And, and I, regretted at times during that period, moving from New York and leaving this cushy job on Wall Street. <coughs> Excuse me. And so what am I doing? We still had some motels at the time. So now during the recession, that, that income was important. So now I'm back running motels. I'm like, you know, I didn't sign up for this. You know, I want to go build towers. And, and um, but, you know, that was what you had to do. You just, you know, you don't, you know, it, it wasn't like a choice, I guess other than persevering and, and fighting through it. And so you get to the other side. Um, I'll tell you an interesting story. I, I met with a real estate, uh, older real estate guy who's an uncle of, of someone I went to high school with who kind of, you know, kind of was a mentor during that time and give me advice. And I went in and, you know, I'm like, my whole world's over. I left New York and now I'm in Florida real estate and they say it's never coming back and all this stuff. And why did I do that? And he was just laughing at me, you know, and he said, look, you know, he goes, he goes, you're in a, you know, the economy is cyclical. Real estate is cyclical. You're going to have ups and downs, not all ups. And uh, he said, you know, at some point stick with it. At some point things will get better. And I think within a year of that conversation, uh, I had raised my real estate fund and started to buy new properties. And, you know, it's been a, been a nice, uh, process ever since but you know there were times where i completely questioned every decision i made you know so that was, those were tough times yeah. uh and mentors are so important um and that's why you know in our programs here we often um have mentors who work especially with our entrepreneurial teams they mm -hmm. all have mentors helping them along the way because you know you all have so much experience to bring and that gentleman right had been through those ups and downs and knew that you would get through them and so it's always good to have those in your corner yeah so, you know, lots of ingredients. Um, and if I, if we were here at J World and in the kitchen, I would be writing them up on a board. Uh, <laughs> but I always, and I always read them back because people go, 
wow, I never really put all that on paper, right? You know, what what got me here? And so I just want to read back a few of yours. Um, and you talked about um, resiliency. You mentioned that a couple of times. Hard work, rolling up your sleeves uh, was so important. That entrepreneurial spirit and developing your confidence, taking opportunities, right? And looking at things, you know, uh, beyond what you think you can do, right? Always looking beyond and going for it, reaching for the stars, I guess. You know, take, taking your responsibilities seriously. And as you said, you know, you've been given a lot of responsibility, but you've been given a lot of good fortune. And so I know that that's something that you all, as a family, you particularly, take very, very seriously about giving back to the community. Um, you know, persevering. Um, and you mentioned also, you know, we talked a little bit about teams and having people around you who you trust, whether they're family or not, right? You want right. to do business with people you trust and respect. Uh, being aligned in your vision as a team. Clear responsibilities, right? You said your parents had clear clear roles in the businesses uh, and they knew each other's roles, but they also knew uh, each other's jobs as well as their own. Um, you know, uh, the mentors, curiosity and exploration. I can't believe that, that is just in travel. I think that you are that way in business. You, like you talked about, oh, what's the next project? You know, you can see your light, your face light up about it. Um, and, you know, and, and trying new things, uh, getting through uh, all of the things when you're going through that tough time. And when you talked about your mom, right, that, that you looked at her and said, oh, I can't whine because, you know, nobody has it harder than her. Um, you know, what I what I see is that she was an amazing role model for you, right? Getting through that time, as difficult as it was, to get through that, right, taught you perseverance and strength and courage, because it takes that to get through that. Um, and so these are all, and, and there's others on this page, I wrote a bunch of notes that you said, but, uh, and I love that COVID rhythm, I'm going to have to use that one, but I think, you know, you're cooking now, and so you use a lot of ingredients in your recipes, but there's always one main ingredient, right? I'm Italian. I always say we cook, you know, a lot of pasta or sauce or gravy or whatever we yeah. called it. Uh, and there's always a main ingredient. What's Dev Matwani's main ingredient to success? Um, you know, I, I like to think that it's, uh, it just didn't, didn't come up directly, but indirectly it's not kind of an underlying theme and that would be um, integrity. Uh, you know, um, I think that uh, when you're in business and you're ambitious, um, you're given opportunities to, I'd say, maybe uh, take advantage of certain opportunities that, that might um, bend what you would normally consider to be, you know, um, a, you know, the, the right thing to do. And, and in my world, I never had that. I, I, I've presented plenty of opportunities, but I, I never took them. And I don't want to take credit for this as, as um, some yeah, uh, saint because I'm a real estate developer. So you know, we're all uh, we're, you know, I live in a in a uh, in a challenging business. But you know, I was I inherited a uh, you know, a family name in this community uh, and a and a track record and a reputation that I had to live up to and uphold. And so so I always for uh, you know would would pass pass those opportunities that were maybe shortcuts. Um, but, and always had to have integrity because it wasn't my name and, and, and my business, it was my family. Um, and so, but, but what that did for me was it, you know, it always come back to me and pay off in spades, you know, uh, skipping off those maybe short term opportunities because, uh, they were, you know, the, because, you know, it, 
it, there, it was a short-term gain, uh, always led for me by bypassing those things and making sure my rep, I focused on my reputation. I always did the right thing. I always did the, th you know, what, what would make my mom proud or you know, respecting the family name always came back and paid me in spades, you know, whether it was six months or a year, or three years later. So, you know, I, I kind of say it as, you know, to tell people play the long game. Um, you know, don't, don't just play the short game because when you're early in your career, what seems like a, maybe a big reward uh, is never worth, you know, challenging your integrity, challenging your reputation, because over the long run, and when you get later in your career, you'll have much bigger opportunities and people will remember you did the right thing. And so then they'll bring you opportunities and, and they'll, or they'll, they'll, um, you know, they'll invite you into their deals. And so to me, that's what's paid the, 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 the most. And again, it's, it's not like I, I, I was smart or I knew it. I just had to do it because I was fortunate and, and, and inherited a, uh, a reputation that I had to live up to. Yeah. That's that's powerful. I think you're absolutely right. Um, and it does come back. You don't do it for that reason, right? You do it for the right reasons, but it Correct. does come back. Um, and I I couldn't agree with you more. And everything that you and you did you do in the in the uh, community, right? Um, not just from a business perspective, but also from a giving back perspective. And and so um, so well regarded, uh, both yourself and and your family. And you know, Andrew Koenig, uh, who's our incoming chair after Tim Rubin. We already said, you know, we haven't given up on getting you onto the Junior Achievement Board. So, um, so <laughs> we're just waiting patiently uh, for that um, because, you know, we, that's exactly what we've built is a group of um, leaders with integrity, uh, with a vision for the future, especially for our young people, right? And who want to pass that on so that, so that they can be in your business, they can grow in your business and be the next you. Uh, and that's what we want for our children. So, Dev, thank you. Uh, thanks for sharing stories that I, you know, maybe some people have not heard. Thanks for sharing your ingredients. It, it is a great recipe. Um, and I know you shared a recipe with us, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try get to try all these recipes, which I love. So, um, but hopefully we will get to see you soon in person. Um, and I just want to thank you again for all that you do um, for our community. Uh, and for, you know, just what you do to develop our, our, our community, right, from the, from the business perspective, Fort Lauderdale is not the same place it used to be, and that's because of people like you with the vision. So thank you for all that you do, and thanks for being here today. Well, thank you, and thank you for all you do, uh, Junior Achievement, and you personally. So you've done a lot of great things. It's great seeing you out in the community, and uh, definitely would love to get more involved with you guys, and uh, as right, get, it's on video now. As I get more time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Anyways, thanks again. And thank you, everyone who's out there watching. Uh, we could not be more proud and, and more privileged to have had Deb with us this morning. Uh, we have got such a great lineup of shows coming and guests that I know that you'll be inspired and motivated by. And so, everyone, have a great day. Let's get cooking. <laughs> thanks. <laughs>